previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Now, Chuck, oh my gosh. tell the truth now. You named your dog Chuck so that when the wife calls Chuck, you can say, oh, I thought you were calling the dog when you don't come, right? <laughs> is, that, is that the truth? Come on. That's up. She doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and just in case Nigel does listen to this podcast, Nigel, you would never be last on our list, just saying. And we obviously need a meteorologist for our podcast because people lose their freaking minds for a winter weather outlook. Seriously, though, how great was that earlier this week? So great to have all those very familiar voices back on the big show Gary, Jeannie, Nigel, all the gang back together again. It brought back so many wonderful memories. It was a good listen. I hope you all had the chance to listen to that big show podcast. We're actually going to start the little show today with an email from Christopher G. He doesn't say where he's from, but he writes, on the podcast tonight and burn through them all while getting some work done this evening. Wanted to say thanks for doing something like this. I've been in the podcast game for five years now. Started out talking into a cell phone on a couch with a friend. It was bad. Podcasting is 95% of the media I consume now, and Dr. Tony's is the only one I never miss a show. It is my favorite, and it's not close. I hear about Littles meeting Littles, and it makes me happy. I want so badly to be a part of that, that world. Tony has been such an important part of my life, he just has no idea. It would mean the world to connect some of these other people who he's affected their lives. Thanks for doing this podcast so I can hear and learn about all these other people's stories and what Tony has meant to them. I love the show and really appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Aw. I mean, right? I mean, get the get tissues me a tissue. out, right? <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, two things, Christopher. Thank you, obviously. And second, Christopher, I'd like to just bring up a few points of your email and just let you know you are part of that world. You are a little. I see you in the chat groups. You are part of this world. And hopefully someday you'll come on this podcast and tell the rest of the littles your story. And third of all, it really hit home when you said about starting out into a cell phone on a couch when you started your podcast. Well, let me tell you, that's basically how our podcast started. So it can be done. We're doing it. We hope everyone's enjoying it. So Christopher, keep your chin up and I'm sure you will be as successful as you want to be. So now everyone, let's start with some errors. First confirmed by Bobby Gottfried, the Great British Baking Show and the Great British Bake Off are the same show. Pillsbury has trademarked the phrase Bake Off, so they called it Baking Show over here in the US. Not sure if Bobby is a trusted source, but at least we tell you who it came from, so if it's not right, you can blame him. You guys are watching that, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And now I mean, they're on the holiday show now. But I, that's really interesting. I had no idea that they were the same. Hmm. Yeah, apparently it's the Great British Bake Off in the UK. Mm-hmm. And so over here it has to be called the Great British Baking Show. Because Jeez. Pillsbury stepped in and said, <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do that. We already have that. <laughs> Next we have an error from our same correspondent, Bobby Gottfried. He also writes in saying that there is no such thing as a koala bear. But he has obviously misunderstood us because, see, what happened, Bobby, was off air before we told the story, we collectively decided that we were actually going to name the koala 
bears. You know, hey bears. So when we said koala bears, we were actually referring to the name of the koala. And clearly I'm joking and just covering our ass. Now, Roxy, you wanted to chime in here about something, right? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Obviously, we want to be putting out the right information. And I have a really strong feeling that it's unfortunate, but that when I was growing up, I was taught incorrectly. I was taught koala bear. And I sort of just went with it because, okay, they got the cute little round ears, um, if I'm imagining, imagining them correctly. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's a koala bear. Cool. But now that I know that that's wrong, I really think, is this uh, more of like a an educational issue or is it just me? I just happen to like hear wrong or but Say, like, should we be, you know, writing to these schools saying you're teaching your kids wrong? Or is that just me? It's probably I'm, just me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's just you because I have used the term koala bears many times, but I honestly can't for sure say that they taught me wrong in school. So I can't back you on that completely saying that that's why I, the way I learned it. And it's my parents' fault for calling it koala bears. Chuck, do you have anything to say on this, please? I've always called it a koala bear. And I'm in a, ah, I'm still, ah, all right. So I'm we're three for three. Close to 50. I'm not changing now. And <laughs> what about... What about a panda? Is it panda bear or is it just panda? I had no idea. Oh. All right, Bobby. A, a problem. So, Bobby. That's a good uh, question. Take it easy, man. Just let them be bears. <laughs> they, no, they, I, they I, I nobody to call him a bear. Fair <laughs> enough. No, and you know, he did apologize up front, say it's just one of his pet peeves, and that's totally yeah, fine. And we I appreciate the correction. Bobby, yeah. okay. panda bears, WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. <laughs> let us know. One more omission, you were questioning about the fairy in the Christmas tree story we told last week. And yes. yes, they do put them on top of the tree. And we looked it up. Why do we put a fairy on top of a Christmas tree? Oh, so okay. fairies are like angels? So yes, angels do get put on top of the trees instead of the angel or the star. If people choose to put a fairy or a sprite back there and not an angel, it is a way of making the tree a little less religious and a little more magical quote-unquote. Gotcha. Hey, I got a question. Sure. Yeah. Every time a bell rings, does oh, a fairy Chuck. get its wings? Chuck. I know an angel gets its wings. <laughs> well, that's a good I question, I don't Chuck. know about the fairy. Bobby, Google what, it. Bobby. What for us? <laughs> Bobby, what do you got for us? Fairy bears. That's a fairy great bears. question, Chuck. <laughs> fairy bears. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you're on. Get us that answer. WTFCpodnet <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> So, Roxy, you had something you wanted to say about this whole fairy thing, too, right? Yeah, I actually have a story about this. So, let oh, me, um, story time for yeah, the story time. You said that. around boys and girls and fairies and angels and stars okay. and things. Okay. Just read the freaking story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the story How the Fairy on Top of the Tree tradition started. Many years ago, on the dark, and dreary winter days, Santa decided to brighten up Christmas by sending his helper fairies out to deliver beautiful Christmas trees to all the families he thought deserved one. The fairies set out on their festive task, but kept coming back to ask Santa silly questions. How many trees does this house get, Santa? How big should they be, Santa? And so on and so on. Soon, Santa, who was busy with other festive duties, was getting quite annoyed with the fairy's lack of imagination 
and getting quite snarky. Eventually, one last fairy came back with a single tree and said, Santa, we have a tree left over. What should I do? What should I do? To which Santa replied, Ugh, stick it up your ass. And that's Hey-o. how the tradition was born. Oh. <laughs> Roxy, such language. Wow. Hey, you know, we have the E I... next door podcast name, so right. we're, we're good. Yeah, I, yeah, I anyway. Like that. Yeah. So my question is, do you think, so do you think the elves are jealous of the fairies? Because these are special fairies for Santa? Oh. I think they make fun of them. Oh, I see. I feel a holiday movie should be made. Ooh. Fairies versus elves, you know, some kind of uh, animated claymation, Ooh. something like that. Ooh, you could be I onto something. Yeah. All right, you two. It's now time to grind some gears. And oh I'm going to go first, actually. Go. You're involved in this. Right? <laughs> I briefly referenced last episode, was wondering when it's too early to spoiler alert on reality TV. When's it too soon to give away things? Well, Mike Kimmel posted yesterday about this in the Loyal Littles group. So I'm not the one spoiling. So for this to come out, I have to say I am so appalled at The Amazing Race. I almost don't want to ever watch that show again. I'm sorry, but our Carolina Panthers duo got freaking hosed. They got so hosed. They did. And <laughs> Rox, you saw this. I mean, I, I am so, I don't even know if I can talk about it, but basically, okay, I, I referenced this the last episode where they were no longer in the alliance, so to speak. Well, if you're just going to let people basically cheat and give the other teams the answer so that a team legitimately can't even compete. Like, what's the what's the point? Uh, I, I have a direct quote from Gary Barnage after he was eliminated. The bad outweighed the good. Never come back on this show again. The money wasn't life-changing for me. I could have paid for it myself and not raced around the world. I sort of get it. He's bitter, and I would be too if I went out of the race that way. If you legitimately lose fair and square... And I guess I should preempt this with, it was fair and square. There's no rule that specifically says you can't help another team by giving away answers. Okay. But so that's on The Amazing Race. The producers of Amazing Race, you need to get on this because from a, a viewer standpoint, it just made it so unenjoyable watching it. Because of course I was kind of rooting for them and to see them go out that way, it just seemed very unfair to me. Yeah. What do you think, Roxy? You were watching it too. Yeah, I agree. I do think that this is something that... The Amazing Race producers are going to step in and somehow make it. I mean, this is the first time they've ever had an alliance of this caliber before. So I right. don't think they really, I don't know if they really had any other options than to just let it play out. Yeah, so I, guess. I do have a feeling. I mean, even Phil was like, this is really odd what's happening here. This has never happened before. And I think he was even taken aback by how events transpired. So I do think producers will step in for next year or the, hopefully next year, whenever they can do the show again and maybe make some changes to the rules because there are rules about if your partner is doing a roadblock, you can't help them in any way. And we've right. seen it in the past where one of the contestants will inadvertently try to help their teammate and then they get penalized for it. Right. So they do have rules. And I think this is something because it was so new that they will hopefully try to. Yeah. That's kind of what blew me away was yeah. that. Yeah. That's kind of what blew me away was when you have one team helping another team that are both 
doing the roadblock, but yet you can't help your partner. It, it's just all weird. I don't yeah. know. It just yeah. it made the ending. I don't even know if I'll watch the finale. I mean, I probably will. I'm invested now. But uh, Chuck, you had a quick shout out, right? So this day in history in 1965, Gale Sayers, may he rest in peace, scored six touchdowns in one NFL game. Tied right. the record. Obviously has not happened since then. I don't even know if we've gotten close to six TDs in one game. We uh, but, and we just lost him a few months ago, right? It was like September. Yeah, I think. September. And yeah. I, you know, I, there was so much going on. I don't even remember it being Sports Center or any of the news. I'm sure it was. A little oh bit no, it but, was. It was definitely referenced on was the Tony it? Show okay. on PTI for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, come on, Will Bond, Chicago Bears. Chuck, whose record did he tie? I think it was somebody, if down, I right? remember right, from the Cleveland Browns. I think it was his name was Dub Jones. Is this yeah. the first name I'm going to pop out there? Chuck, come on. <laughs> <laughs> can't be that obvious, Chuck. Okay, uh, yes. I, Dub Jones. It's, I looked it up. Dub Jones in 1951. Also, You looked it up, it. Chuck? Anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> The show looked it up. I think your producer looked it up, Chuck. Anyway, the producer also gave me some information. The game, the final score of that game was 61 to 20, Chuck. He had a rushing, a receiving, and a punt return TD that day. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And some fun fact, Mike Dicka also scored in that game. So that's a fun fact. (laughs) The Bears. Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> and, and seriously, as much as we like to make fun of Will Bond, as he says, get on the Google machine and YouTube and just watch him play football because he is definitely one of the greats or was one of the greats and he definitely will be missed. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now the time you've been waiting for in our favorite segment. We'll be right back because it's time to meet the littles. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Have you heard about Little Elves? Of course I've heard about Little Elves. For the fourth year running, the Littles are participating in their own charity drive for the holidays known as Little Elves. This year, they're raising funds for Rocco's Warriors, the nonprofit mentioned by Jamie Julian in our December 5th episode. Rocco's Warriors was named for Robert Berg's nephew, who passed away from leukemia in 2019 at the age of two. Rocco's Warriors assists families with the financial burdens that come with caring for a child diagnosed with cancer. If you'd like more details on the Little Elves 2020 Charity Drive, reach out to Claire Natola via email at claire.natola at gmail.com. That's C-L-A-I-R-E dot N-A-T-O-L-A at gmail.com. Or via Twitter at Cool Aunt Claire, and she'll send you all the info you need. Even the very smallest of donations will be of tremendous help. The Little Elves thank you and wish everyone the warmest and healthiest of holidays. Now, say back to the show, Chuck. Ah, back to the show, Chuck. to the Loyal Littles podcast. We are being played in today by Jason Udoff, and this song is called Satisfy You. If you like 
what you hear from Jason, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Universe. And if you want to find all his music, go to his webpage, jasonudoff.com. And you can surely also find him on iTunes. Give him some iTunes love. If you like these songs, I'm sure he'd really appreciate it. And as always, we will play the entire song, Satisfy You, at the end of the podcast. I put back that calm away, you found it. I keep looking back because the past is behind me. Everything I win. All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time for our favorite segment. It is time to meet the Littles. Roxy, are you ready for a fun one? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, we have all the way from Dallas, Texas, Hampton Nager. Welcome to the podcast. Who the hell are all are you people? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. This is going to be fun, I can tell already. Hi, everybody. So, Hampton, we we usually just start the podcast with letting you take over and, well, maybe I shouldn't let you do that. No, I'm just kidding. So, introduce yourself. I know most littles know who you are, but there's some of us that don't. So, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little about yourself. Oh, thanks. Golly. Well, I think that people are kind of defined by where they lived and because the Kornheiser show was a local radio show for so, so long. It uh, it goes without saying that uh, Washington, D.C. May f- really feels like home for me no matter where I live. I've been down here in Texas for about eight years, but whether I've lived in Florida or Baltimore, you know, you're always putting on Kornheiser and listening to what he has to say. And it's kind of a shame. It's kind of galling, to tell you the truth, that I might grow up in Philadelphia and be an Eagles and Phillies and and Sixers fan, and I know so much more about the Washington teams than (laughs) I do the teams of my youth. (laughs) Well, partly that's just because I don't care. If everybody's loyalties derive from whoever, wherever they lived when they were 11, right, or 10, Mm -hmm. because... You're not following a sports team because, uh, oh golly, we're all from we're all from North Boston, and now we're going to we're all Patriots together, and isn't that swell? Now it's because they're brought in from all over the country to go play football for you um, on Gillette Field, so and that's why you're there. So it's it's the same kind of thing with me. So you know, I'll do respect to Joe Arrow, but I get so much more fun enjoying the deliciousness of a failed Washington season. <laughs> Which may not happen this year, but uh, it's made all the more savory because Kornheiser will tell me who's on the team. Right. So originally from Philly, is that what I've... Grew up in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, yeah, born and raised. And then where to from there? Well, on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Um, <laughs> I, uh... Good one. Roxy no, I get... got that reference. Uh, you, I did. <laughs> now, uh, uh, every time I needed to go to school, it ended up being somewhere a little bit further south. And so before I knew it, I found out I uh, was in Virginia for high school and then college and then law school and okay. ended up settling in northern Virginia. Let's see. What what else can I say about me? And then I s- edited the Humor magazine when I was in college, oh. and became a member of the Virginia bar, but never was a lawyer. Went straight into real estate, but I don't really do that right now. I I uh, just manage my own stuff. Enjoy much more being kind of PTA dad and cub master and political gadfly down here in local politics than I do dealing with other people. So, and you're right in Dallas now. Yes, but that is kind of a big target. Dallas is sprawling. Dallas is massive. The city of Dallas keeps swallowing up (laughs) 
kind of like, you know, if you ever watched the, the, the John Carpenter's The Thing, that's pretty much the city of Dallas. It just keeps swallowing up the uh, the counties around it. And so we are probably a half hour away from downtown gotcha. to get still in the city limits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know it well, actually. We've, we've played yeah. there many times. So Hampton, how long have you been listening to Tony? And like, how did you first become introduced to him? Well, through his columns, going to high school in Alexandria, yeah, I would read the Washington Post sports section for everything. And so he was a name. He was known to me before he got his radio show. Uh, but it just so happened he became, or should I say, he started his radio career at the same time that I was starting my career. And when you are a young real estate leasing agent, you're in your car all the time. And I would just make sure I had sales calls when his show was on. And I would just be driving around Northern Virginia listening wow. to him. And I would I think I might have even called into the show back then, having the first thing I say to him be how you doing, which of course would get you knocked off the air with a big band by the Tony Corners <laughs> show, because he always hated that. Yeah, that was pre my my listening days. So that I knew you could always just used to be able to call into the show. So what would he do just to take questions about sports and things? It start. Yeah, he okay. he. You could call in and you could say something, but again, you're you're going to get some mouth breather calling up and you. Remember when the Redskins were a third and five? That was cool. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, "What are we doing?" Uh, and so you know, he got rid of that right away. But uh, I guess first time I sent in an email that was read was probably during the internet radio days. And wait, so wait, so go back. So that was one of my questions. So you've had an email read on the air? I might have. I've. <laughs> <laughs> rumor, rumor would have you believe that I have. Apparently, there's proof that Tony Kornheiser himself once said in public that you and someone else were the funniest emails ever written. Is that true? He did say that to the assembled group at Chatter. I guess I came in for breakfast uh, one of the times. And, you, and, and if anyone who's who came into Chatter knows that he'll take some time before the show and people come in. So among all the photographs and, and whatnot, I introduced myself to him and uh, for, for a photo op. Now, this was notable for a couple of reasons. First of all, it wasn't the first time we had met. I had actually come into the studio and sat for an entire show. Uh, and gave him a case of wine from Texas. And he remembered none of it. <laughs> and of course, I don't care. That's exactly what you would expect that yeah, way. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it, that, that's fine. It's enough that Gary and, and Mark knew who I was. But you know, you get in there and you're like, hey, t- how you doing, Tony? I'm Hampton. And he's like, oh, well, hey, hoo-ha. All of a sudden, we're doing, you know, we're doing Music Man. I don't know what's going on here. And yeah, he did pay me that compliment. He announced my presence to the room. Wow. Wow. And, and said that, which, of course, made me feel really good. But we're sitting there, and the server was taking a photo for me. And when Tony had mentioned who I was, I look over, and there were other people snapping photos of the two of us together. Oh. I have never been the recipient of fanboy squee before <laughs> but on my phone the, from the event i can't use any of them because it's it's tony look who's done this a thousand times and he looks great and he's looking right at the camera big smile total pro and i am looking off to the side like 
I just got bit because <laughs> I cannot believe that somebody would care to have a picture of me for anything. So it was notable for that one too. Well, okay. So let me, if, if I may, I'm going to dissect that a little bit. Wish I would have known, first of all, it was that because Claire Natola came on and she was telling us about her experience when she sat in on the studio. And that's like the dream for me to be able to sit in on like a podcast. That well, dream. That's not yeah. happening. Ever again. Well, of course. I, there's, I realize that. There's, but, there's two seats at Uncle Benny's table. And, absolutely. And I right. get that. But that would be the dream. So. Thank you for living that for me, I guess. Now, not that you need your ego stroked any more than it already is, but when I started this, I created the group of what I call Roxy, who's a tiny. I don't know. Do you know any of this? Because yeah. I, I know you've only heard a couple episodes, I think. Um, so, yeah. So a tiny is somebody who has no idea what anything about the show is at all and is humoring you. Is that right? Well, Basically, actually, we worded much, it as they much. put they put uh, up with a, they put up with a little. So the, so yeah, so the tinies are the two <laughs> so people I, that say they're listening to you talk about uh, the show, and they're like, yeah. Oh, well, so we know enough about the show because our little will nonstop talk about it. That, and now, in Roxy's but, defense, she also watches PTI, so she knows. You I know, do, Tony. and I, I get into that. So um, they're trying, I guess, is the, right. the way to put it. Now, the, but the reason I bring this up. Trying to be supportive. <laughs> right. The one thing that uh, keeps me from the Tony Kornheiser show EGOT is I've never <laughs> gone down to, to sit in on a taping of PTI. Ah, yeah. See, uh, and Bonnie, Bonnie, the first time I met her, like ate my dinner off my plate. And I can't get into the show. I mean, what's going on there? Right. Like I think I had some nice scallops, and she comes over. She's like, "Oh, that looks good." She like stuck her fork in. <laughs> <laughs> now I've never had the pleasure of meeting Bonnie. I mean, there's someone I would love to have come on the podcast for sure. I did talk to her once because uh, I was I, my my first step of what you've achieved is I did get to finally do a PTI fortune teller. So I'm very grateful for that. But have you ever done that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So she called me, I don't she know called how me when I was on a plane, I was like, I was deplaning, <laughs> and she wants me to say something about the Yankees. I have no idea <laughs> what the hell she's talking about. Well, so the whole reason I brought this topic up was because I've also created another term and you are on that list. And that is a medium because anyone who gets their emails read, well, heck, anyone who has Tony Kornheiser say you're the funniest email writer out there. You, you just you're you achieved medium status. And when I started this podcast, oh, thank you. I was it's more I of a was, medium uh, <laughs> to take a page, take a page well, of, uh, you know, there is, book. there is a list. And it's like I was just hoping when I came up with this idea, I was just going to be interviewing littles. And I was like, if I could just get one medium to come on the show, Claire's another one that I consider a medium. So when I asked her and she said yes, I was just like. That's why I started this while I'm doing another podcast, because once I got her go and like her advice, she was just so great. And I was just like, I got to do this now. I was so excited. I just want to run with it. Allow me to just say right now, Claire, uh, you can sit next to me during uh, and feed me answers to chatter trivia any day. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mr. Medium, now, you know, that's how I consider you. And I don't even know you. And that's why I wanted you on the podcast so I could meet you and help, you know, the other littles get to know you, too. 
Oh, thank you. So now this is an interesting question then, because you've moved around so much. Do you have a favorite sport and a favorite team? Absolutely. It's college ball. I am a huge UVA fan. And is that uh, where you went to college? Yeah, I went to college there. Matter of fact, one of the emails I did uh, was spent just castigating Maryland fans for having the audacity (laughs) to think we weren't good. So uh, I do get a little partisan. Doesn't really play very well in that in in that studio since they're all they all live in Silver Spring or thereabouts. So and they just won a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, um, national champs. Yeah, I went to that championship. Matter of wow, fact, of course you did. I spin here in my desk chair. I can look fondly at my my tombstone picture of of me in the stadium in Minneapolis. Oh, uh, in, Minneapolis, right? I, I'm the guy in the orange. That's how. You <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, wow, that's great. That must have been exciting. It was absolutely fantastic. Couple things uh, really st- stand out for me. First of all, that shit is loud. Oh my God! If the Vikings ever succeed in getting to an NFC Championship game, that place yeah. is going to register on size okay. seismometers. Right. Anyway, they wow. are. Going, they <laughs> that place is crazy loud, and for a basketball game, it is a smaller. Right, it's half the court. Yeah. Right, it's a smaller venue than it would be for football, so you can squeeze in that many more people. 73,000 people watching a you know watching Kyle Guy shoot free throws and the oh. dude is just just cock diesel man he is he's <laughs> crazy <laughs> I heartily recommend you picking a winner and going to see them win that's a great thing to do yeah <laughs> uh, now and Wilbon's wife went there too right she went to business school perhaps law school there oh so, okay gotcha um, Mr. Name Dropper gets to drop some more names because... Yeah, right. Well, it's funny because I'm not a fan of any of the sports teams. Well, I should say I wasn't a fan of any of the sports teams. But it's amazing how I just get so looped into the Nationals now and the Washington football team. And not so much the hockey. I'm not a big hockey and the basketball. I mean, I'm a fan, but... Especially the, yeah. the football and the baseball. It's it's amazing. Cause, well, because when you hear someone talk about it every day... You know, so, Roxy... Roxy, I have a question yeah. for you. Do you know who Wander Suero is? No, no, I don't. See, if you listen to the show, you would know all about this clown. <laughs> now, in, in all fairness to her, like if they were in the American that. League, she would know she would know more. Oh, American League? Yeah. She's an American yeah. League. Okay, fine. Yeah, sure. I know. <laughs> yeah, what, aren't you a Rangers fan now? Like what's National League, maybe? <laughs> oh, Rangers? Yeah. yeah, they're okay. Why would I want to go sit in 110 degrees? Yeah, heat? right. You know, why would I want to go? It, it, it's North Texas, man. It's summertime. It's <laughs> yeah. You're basically walking into a clothes dryer and doing yep. it voluntarily for, for four hours. Yeah, I, that doesn't uh, sound like fun. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm more used to it now than I used to be, but but god damn you you just open up the door in july and it hits you like a freaking yeah. brick and people are saying oh well you're you know suck it up you get out there and, and cheer on your team it's like no you go cheer on your team i've got ice, <laughs> you know beer in my fridge and a working remote so you know. right. uh you can stick around for a second right oh sure whatever you okay need. good we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back with hampton nager
Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. We are lucky enough to have Hampton Nager with us. Real quick, something I wanted to kind of go back to when we were talking about taking pictures, and I know we're just at Chatter and all that stuff. And the thing is, though, I cannot tell you, I'll use me as a personal story, but just how much joy you and your emails have brought. I mean, there's days where you're just having a shitty day, and but you're listening to the podcast and you make me laugh. And, you know, you're just, so, you're just but seriously, you're, you're so thankful for that. Oh, my God. I, and, that's just the coolest thing I could ever hear. Thank you right. so much. You're welcome. I mean, and I'm being honest. You just, I mean, there's times where I'll just be sitting with my headphones in and I'll laugh. And people around me will look at me like, wow, um, what's so funny? I don't even know how to explain it. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is going back to, yes, I can see why people would want your picture with you standing next to Tony. Because well, if it wasn't for Tony, we wouldn't have you probably. Well, no, I am not going to be finding my way into the households of America because <laughs> on my own winsome personality, I don't, you know, because uh, you might think I'm funny, but I can promise you that down here in the neighborhood, I'm just, I'm just another club. <laughs> but such wonderful praise to hear. I and it really is. It, it makes me blush a little bit. But at the same time, that's exactly why I do it. Exactly. It's because I really do get a kick out of making people laugh. It, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to be able to somehow entertain people when the world is so full of not entertaining things. So to be able to provide that is really, really special. Thanks. And uh, I, I'm going to tie this in with a, well, I'll first ask the question. Have you ever done a Friday Five? Yeah, I did one. Okay. I half-assed it. It was right at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> it, it was on the schedule for about five weeks. So I thought, man, that's good. It's, it's coming up and I am just going to kill it. I'm going to do something <laughs> fantastic. And it came around and I'm just going. Claire has not asked since. Well, which, which, by the way, Claire, good on you. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of not half-assing it, I'm guessing you saw Eric Lonergan's portraits that he did oh, with yeah. his Friday Five. And, you know, it was funny because I hope he understands now because I was asking him to come on. He finally he came on the podcast. I, I was just trying to express to him how much joy that brought me that day. And how much mm -hmm. I laughed. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I you know what same. I mean? And it's like you could be having a terrible day, and I see that Friday Five, and I was just like, this is what I needed. Thank you. And I don't even know who yeah. Eric is, but thank you. Now I'm glad I do know him, and I, I just don't think he understood that. Because um, to him, well, it's just, oh, I'm just doing my thing. I would like to think that he, he gets it. Besides being humorous and besides being new and different and interesting it was also charming i was completely disarmed the first time i saw his cartoons put into this context and yeah what's going to get the eyeballs what's going to get the applause it, uh eric you're great <laughs> keep yeah. doing it yeah uh so that uh, claire doesn't knock on my door if anything <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's been many. What was your favorite trip to Chatter? There's been a few, and usually around the Jingle Fests, uh, mm -hmm. but but not so many. I, I you know I would I would get to come to Jingle Fest because my son goes to camp up in West Virginia, and the camp oh. bus would take off from Reston, so that was usually the weekend of one of the Jingle Fests. So I would get to make a special trip up, and before we 
would drop him off. A uh, matter of fact, he came with me, nine years old, ten years old, came, came with me oh, to wow. uh, Jam and Java. Nice. Uh, and met all the guys. So he and does he, he understand? Does he get he the whole? Well, he can't decide whether I'm some sort of international star <laughs> or dad. I have to tell I, I just say, I, I trust me, I'm I'm just dad because nobody looks crap. What are you talking about? But yeah, he he was convinced for about a half hour there that I was pretty cool. Um, oh, absolutely, was, yeah. I'll take that. So fun. It also uh, uh, completely dissipated by the time we got back to the hotel and I'm yelling. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you talk a little bit about your jingles writing and stuff? And uh, because you've had how many played on the show? Do you even know? Uh, Well, first of all, let's be frank. I was never more than junior varsity. I mean, this you're there are true good jingle writers and performers. Mm -hmm. And I stopped doing it (laughs) because. Eventually, it ceased to be something where some yuck yuck can just just start you know shouting into his gaming headset, and it became you know, real honest to god talent. It's like you know, if Jason Fuse it comes to eat your steak, uh, eating your steak, and yeah. you know, so I was like, well, I'm, this is no, there's no point in doing any of this. But that being said, some dozen or so were uh, uh, made air plus a few that I wrote for other people tried to work with, with all the greats and they truly are great. You know, they're, oh. they're forward. You just sit there and just get a little smile and get a little glassy eye because you're, you just are so thrilled that somebody would take the time to, to work with you on something. And I've had the pleasure sure. of working with lots of really, really good of all the best. I guess people know me. If they know any of mine, they know big rock Cro- cocaine planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really all I can say about that is wrote it in 15 minutes and then took a shower. Uh, wow. Killing me smalls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, when you got it, when it's a lot with the email writing too, it's like when you got something, you know, is killer. You know, you mm-hmm. just, you just get it down and get on mm-hmm. with your day. Oh, and I should hasten to say, if I were getting on the air with my emails a lot in the beginning or some time ago, you have, Tony's former personal assistant, Maureen, to thank for that, because she was the one who was screening emails back in the day uh, before went over to podcast. And I always thought it was Mark doing it. And she approached me the last Jingle Fest and said, I just got to tell you, I think you're hilarious. And so I try to uh, put you on just just every time that you you send something in, of course. First of all, I love being told that I'm great. Second of all, I like totally screwed it up by calling her Megan or something like that. So, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, how nice of you to say. And she's like, eh. Uh, I do still write. The fact that you don't hear a lot from me is partly because they're more discerning now. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, but also, I, I don't write in anywhere near as much as I used to. Could you take a second? If you, if you don't want to, it's okay. But there's people out there, I'm sure, loyal littles, that have written 10, 20 emails and they've never gotten read on the air. What advice would you give to a little who's been trying to get an email read on the air? Are there things that you should put in it to guarantee? Oh, not that you can guarantee, but you know what I'm saying. Is there any advice? No, you can't play it too backward. You can't just 
Nobody wants to hear you parrot back what Tony just found funny two days ago. You got to take what was what was given and bring it into your own direction. Sometimes that means really keeping your ear open for something that may seem a little very much in passing. If you're able to reference it correctly and bring everybody back to that moment from the earlier show, then it becomes part of the surprise and part of the part of the charm. Have more than one joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, not to be formulaic, but I think people might know my name because I am formulaic. I close my emails a certain way. And I always try and stick one last joke right there in the closing, right before you hear my name. So, <laughs> oh God. So we were talking about reactions you get. You know, you, you, you were kind enough to call me a medium a bit ago. Sometimes you do get people that recognize you and, and really want to talk. And that's fantastic. I love going at, to Jingle Fest and engaging with people like that. And then well, you get you, you get people that just simply say, they point at you and go, I am Hampton Nair. <laughs> What do I do? Well, I'm like, <laughs> well, that's what I was going back to about the picture taking, because I could totally see that when you said, yeah, I'm just not used to people wanting to take you standing next to Tony Kornheiser. That's a picture I would take. There are people that look up to you. I mean, that's what it's, I mean. It's, it's well, probably beyond your comprehension, but it's, it's true. It's people having breakfast. It's you know, we're, we're there well, because we're. <laughs> You want the chatter equivalent of moon over my hammy. It's, um, and so it always kind of uh, st- struck me as strange. I, I guess one of the more unusual responses is uh, Jason Miller, who's also active on the Facebook group. You know, he, 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 saw, he would see me and he would say, you are Hampton Nager. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, he, he says it with such authority, but he wouldn't talk. He would, he would just say that. And then he would turn his head to profile and just pause like that, like a statue for a moment and then just kind of walk away. And I, it's like, oh. okay, I guess I just, I just, I think I just saw uh, art because um, I don't know what else to think. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, listen, Which I'm sure quick. is exactly what he was going for too. <laughs> right. Well, going off the jingles, do you have a favorite jingle? This is an exercise that uh, I thought about for for Joe Arrow's bit for the jingleosity. He what he wanted, mm-hmm. you know, he made, he turned it into four hours, right? It's it's, yeah. it's everybody giving their not necessarily their favorite, but you could certainly take it in that direction. I'm just in awe of you know, it's it. Brad Weiss makes me laugh, and and Steve and and Rob uh, you know, just would crack me up. But yeah, let's give credit where it's due. I'm particularly in awe of what Jerry Negrelli brings to the table because, and this is something I've told him a number of times, he's so economical. He can put into a small 45-second space so much great stuff. His jingle of Don't Lean on Me to the tune of Lean on Me, which has uh, as its subject matter talking about being on an airplane and having somebody recline their seat back into your lap. Um, uh-huh. Roxy, uh, the, the short of it is the discussion on the show went sort of like, I hate it when people do that. Everybody agrees. And then the little old lady in the room says, I will make sure that I grab my carry on and smack him on the head on the way out. And Negrelli can take that and turn that into a, a, just an absolute gem. Nice. <laughs> All right. So we just have a few more dumb, insulting questions. Crunchy right. or smooth peanut butter? <laughs> As a kid, crunchy, smooth nowadays, there's something mm. really 
uh, satisfying about the way it spreads that I really dig nowadays. I like that description. <laughs> you're kidding. You're getting the crunchy. You're thinking to yourself, oh man, I must be getting more peanut butters because it's got more stuff in it. And you're it's, right, it, right. It's like the peanut M&M. So about more. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're bigger and they've got more, more <laughs> shit. They must be better. And then you bite into <laughs> peanut M&M and it's less chocolate surrounding just elephant food. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Why is this my Halloween bag? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, because the littles want to know, uh, Coke or Pepsi? No, they don't. They <laughs> 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 not care less about whether I like Coke or Pepsi. The answer is obviously. Um, it's obviously what? Coke. Oh, okay. Down, down here in, in Texas, they actually can go to the Costco and get the Mexican Coca-Cola, uh, which oh. is in the green glass bottles, and it's made with the cane sugar. Because I heard your discussion. You, you called it Coke 2, did there, you? Yes. That okay. existed for I have, like 20 minutes. I have I have never heard <laughs> called Coke 2. We did we did I, have New Coke. I was there. Yep. I was, I, I, oh, I remember New I Coke. I am mm-hmm. of an age New Coke was in my vending machine. And okay. uh, it's as spectacular as you thought it would. All right. And as the homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Roxy? Toilet paper, over or under? <laughs> Anybody that has the toilet paper going over clearly doesn't have a cat. Because <laughs> That's cat what I said. And we'll just... <laughs> turn that into the, all of a sudden they're 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 spinderella in the middle of a salt and pepper cake <laughs> and then you just got a lot of clawed up and furry paper right. sitting on the bottom of your bathroom floor so that's you, what i thought if you have a cat once you never make that mistake again in your life <laughs> before we go is there anything that you'd like to plug um I did see Xanadu recently. Yeah, we. It's been on my the DVR movie? for yeah. It's been on my DVR for like eighteen months, and I had completely forgotten how freaking awesome Xanadu is. <laughs> it's Olivia Newton-John, mm-hmm. and Gene it's Kelly. Kelly. See, you're a rockette, so you know dancing. Gene yes. Kelly, of course, <laughs> is one of the greatest American dancers of the 20th century, and Olivia Newton-John yes. is not. It's nope. just derping her way through this movie. <laughs> I mean, what? Such a great singer, but her character, she is supposed to be Terpescore. She's supposed to be the muse of dance, and she can't dance a lick. <laughs> She's not. Horrid. She sits there with look with a big look of wonder on her face, and she's like glaring through her splayed out fingertips right in front of her eyes, and that is like twenty percent of the first musical number. Is mm-hmm. her just wow. standing like that? You're like, what the hell is this? Um, you so are, thumbs up. Oh, in COVID? Oh my God! <laughs> Xanadu, right the second. It's got Michael Beck in it. Michael Beck is the leading man in this movie. He's so bad. He's so terrible. He's been in two movies. You might know him from The Warriors, if you ever saw The Warriors. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, I made her watch that. We could, talk, we could talk another half hour about The Warriors because oh. you know, I, I love the idea that 1970s New York was was running amok with mimes and street gangs. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. The Furies? <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> baseball Furies, man. <laughs> I want to have a softball team here in New York called the Furies, but I need dedicated where they're going to stand out there in 95 degree heat with face paint. The two tone <laughs> face paint. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, the obviously not a pine tar legal uh, right. bat they were using. Right. The bat. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, let no, let's get back. Let's get back to obviously the greatest movie of the 20th century, Xanadu. <laughs> um, Xanadu. Okay, first of all, fantastic music. Oh my God, I was uh, yeah, I was ab- going through adolescence, and ELO was just the shit, and <laughs> it was just. So fantastic that a two-hour ELO music experience, even if the movie itself is just god awful. It's just the worst. <laughs> Xanadu probably lived about three nights before it closed for good because nobody showed up. It also had a also that the overhead on that place must have been murder because it seemed to have about 150 people working there, and and, yeah. and, and there was only like three guests. Yep. And they all work with uh, Michael Beck's character at his his like day job art gig. You you meet in the first act of the movie, and then you never see them again. Did you ever catch the stage show by any chance? Xanadu? Yeah, they turned it into a musical. Yeah. It, it sucked enough in the movie. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> we actually had a couple friends in that, so I can't really say too much. But uh, okay. uh, yeah, no, it's pretty bad. I really don't have much patience for the jukebox musicals. I, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I see why people do them because they make money and you can, yeah. make, you can put them out there in about an hour and a half. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. but that's what the people want. So. No, they don't. So- when, will, when will somebody realize that I'm people and that's not what I want? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Hampton, that's amazing. I, I can't thank you enough. This has oh, been so welcome. much fun and oh, um, taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me here. It's really been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, share a little bit of, of myself with your audience, both of them. Uh, just wondering how far you're going to be riding this pony. I am Hampton Nigger in Dallas, Texas. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. So now what we're going to do this week is we're going to do our Friday Five. We're going to bring that back this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to split these up so they go pretty quick. Roxy, you have the first one for us, right? All right, Chuck. Well, since you're the only one that's really in all of the groups, here's your first question. What's something you've done that you think no one else in the group has done? Keep it G, Uh, Chuck. Keep it G. Yeah, there's no way I can answer that, Roxy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have a different label on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Well, oh boy. not, but let me think of something quick. Uh, all right, I've got one. It's kind of like patting myself. Well, I don't know if I'd say patting myself on the back because I think people know what I do by now. I once got to drum a mini concert with the captain and Tennille. Now, for all you youngins, Google that. Sadly, we just lost the captain recently. Uh, Tony Tennille is still alive. Aww. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to do a tour, a Broadway show with her. She was the star of the touring production of Victor Victoria. Not going to say when, because it's been a while. And uh, it was a lot of fun to be on tour with her. And Daryl Dragon is the name of the captain. And he would come out. So towards the end of the tour, he pulls me into the dressing room one day. And this was actually in Cleveland, Ohio, our last stop. And he says to me, he goes, you're not going to believe what my wife got us into. And I was like, oh, geez, what's up? And he goes, she apparently promised 
everyone in the cast and whatnot that they would do a little mini Captain It's Neil concert at the closing night party in Cleveland, Ohio. And she, he was like, I was wondering, would you be interested in playing, you know, drums with us? And I was like, uh, are you freaking kidding me? So yeah, my sisters were all, all so jealous because I grew up in the seventies basically because of them. I was just a little kid, but they always had the Captain and Tennille playing in the background on, on the 45s and all that stuff. So I knew every song that they ever did. I mean, it was just so much fun. It was it was a joy. Wow. If anyone is in the in the groups have have played with the Captain and Tennille, I'd love to hear about it. So I think that's one I can say, but that's all I got. Roxy, let's go to the second question. What's your favorite writing implement? Feel free to include a Bic pick. <laughs> well... <laughs> Since we're on a podcast and you can't see my oh. face, I will not include a big pick. But <laughs> hold on one second. Chuck, are you with us? I have no idea what you're talking about. What is a big pick? <laughs> it's, it's a pun on a pick, dork. Oh, okay. It's a play a on words. It's a okay. play on words, Chuck. Anyway, I, you know, it's kind of flipped around over the years, but right now my favorite writing utensil is the zebra pen. I ah. think it's classy looking, it's sharp, it rolls on the page nicely. I really like it. All right, Chuck, question yeah, number I'm three. Up. All right. I'm up. As a former Chicagoan, I know how much this vitriol, this question can stir up, but I'm brave enough to ask it anyway. What do you put on a hot dog? Okay, this is a great question, because as a former Chicagoan also, Ooh. in Chicago, Michael Reese You were Hospital. born in Chicago, Chuck? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Michael Reese Hospital, 19... <laughs> um, anyway, this is a good question, because as most people know, Chicagoans put all kinds of things on their hot dogs, including tomatoes and whole pickles and all kinds of things. I, myself... Am a sauerkraut, spicy mustard, celery salt person. Wait, wait, what? Celery what? salt? What, what? Yes. <laughs> what? What is that? Look it up, look it up, look it up. Look you it don't up. mean relish, right? No, celery salt. What so is celery here's salt? The, here's the order. You put, you got your hot dog and your bun. You put your spicy mustard. You put your kraut, which the mustard holds on to the hot dog and the bun. And then a sprinkle of celery salt on top of that. What? That's Chicago for you, okay? What is Chicago. celery salt? Celery salt is salt, dehydrated celery uh, stalk leaves in mixed uh, salt wow. um, particles. Huh. So never yeah, even heard fancy. of it. Fancy. Oh now, yeah, there's all so that's a Chicago thing. Well, Chicago puts like, celery salt, but they do like tomato pickle spear. I'm probably missing a couple other things in there. Well, I guess but, my but question, question is, but Chuck, if I go here in New York and go to one of these vendors and say, hey, I, I'd like some celery salt on that, are they going to look at me like I have eight heads or what? Well, yeah, that's New York. They don't do that. That's Chicago <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's a Chicago right. thing, man. Well, I think I know what I want for dinner tonight. Uh, not that. Holy cow. Okay. But a hot dog. Let's, let's move on to number four. I want us all to answer this, so we'll be quick. Okay. Number four, favorite Christmas movie. And she says, this question is a shameless request for content. I need something to watch while I'm crocheting this month. So, oh my gosh. Roxy, why don't you go first on this one? Oh, boy. I like so many, though. I would say probably one of my most favorites is White Christmas. 
the movie. Aww. 1954. Uh, Bing Crosby, yes. Danny Kaye, Vera Ellen, Rosemary Clooney. Who could ask oh, for a better yeah. cast? Like um, yeah. The dancing. Like obviously, I'm a, a you know dancer, so I that movie really appeals to me. Irving Classic. Berlin. His music was just uh, his writing. Uh, yeah. So I feel perfect. like this year, more than others, it's like those old kind of the old fashioned Christmas is very comforting. Yeah, you know, nostalgic like, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. you got you know, like Johnny Mathis songs and your Burl Ives and those old ones like that are just oh, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So I totally yeah. get that pick. Yeah. All right, Shock. What's what do you what right. do you next? Mine is is easy for me. It's the same one every year, and it's Christmas Vacation. So you I mean, jerk. Chuck Block. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine. Now I got to think of a new one. Chuck Block. Jamie well, Julian, I have another one. Now I know exactly how you feel. Every year, I cannot wait to watch it. I have to stop myself from actually trying to watch it you know, non-Christmas season. Um, oh my gosh, it's terrible. Can, can I just say real quick, my favorite, one of my favorite lines from that movie is, and why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. I think it's the funniest thing, those two. Hilarious. Yeah, they are. That's so great. There's just no bad moments in that movie. It just goes. No. Yep. I right, knew Chuck, I should have went second. Spot. I knew I should have went second. Yeah, Damn yeah, it. Yeah. Hey. There's so many other ones to pick from. You can't tell me. I guess it does say favorite, though. All right. Well, since Chuck basically stole mine, and I know this is going to open a can of worms, but I'm just going to say <laughs> A Charlie Brown Christmas. That'll be definitely one of my favorites. But I didn't know if we consider that a movie. I know we went into that when we were doing the Thanksgiving Day movie suggestions. So, But definitely Christmas Vacation. But I will say A Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, is my you favorite. Get away with that. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's acceptable. I mean, you know, they go pick a tree. They have yeah, it's classic. Scenes, it's classic. It's iconic. And the, mm -hmm. and the music is absolutely oh, absolutely iconic. iconic so. Absolutely amazing. All right. Okay, Roxy, you ready? You're up. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Question number five. What is yeah. your secret shame food? Oh wow, that's tough. My secret shame food. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of depends on the mood I'm in, but well, the most recent one was I really enjoy cheese doodles. Cheese doodles. That's, that's They're so freaking good. Than Cheetos, right? That's not the same. Thing. Yeah, I no, like the puff not the ones, thing. not the not the crunchy ones. Oh, gotcha, puffy ones. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cheese yeah. puffs. Cheese depends puffs, on what part of the country puffs. you're in. Probably, I used to call them cheese yes. doodles growing up, but yeah, it. cheese puffs. I, I, I can re I can relate to the puffs. I think it's Cheetos brand, but it's All right. cheese puffs. All right, everyone. And we do have a bonus question because, you know, we're such jerks here at the Loyal Littles podcast. We apologize for stealing Jamie Julian's question. Chuck, because Roxy and I have answered this many times on the podcast, but I don't believe you have. Creamy or crunchy peanut butter, Chuck? Not any hesitation. I say creamy, and that's the only way to go. It's not yes. even. Oh. It's not even close. All right, Chuck, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even touch crunchy peanut butter. Chuck, we might have to throw down after this podcast. Uh, disgusting. Chuck, let me ask you a question. What's it called? Peanut butter. Wait, what did you just say? Peanut <laughs> butter. butter. You didn't say peanut butter flavored butter. Do you like? You didn't say crunchy, peanut flavored. Do you like crunchy Chuck. butter? No. I, you don't. Do you call it crunchy butter? No, you call it butter. No, you call, I call this it peanut creamy. butter. No, you don't call it just creamy. 
Anyway, just like, Sean. You like crunchy apple butter? It's not called crunchy apple butter. Okay. Do you like apple <laughs> butter that is crunchy or creamy? There's no such thing as crunchy apple butter, Chuck. Wait. It is strange because I love, I'll eat peanuts out of the shell like all day. I got no problem. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to putting peanut butter on a bread or apple or whatever I'm going to put it on, I don't want all those crunchy bits in there. I just want no. a smooth, <laughs> glossy, easy to spread peanut all right. butter. Should I tell Fair everyone enough. what I do with my peanut butter? Oh, this is what I don't do. Go ahead, Roxy. <laughs> so I, what I like to do, I take, when I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I take the bread slice, I spread smooth, creamy peanut butter, Hell usually yeah. skippy, Blah. on the slice. I add my grape jelly, and then what I like to do is I put a layer of potato chips on top <sighs> of the jelly. <laughs> And then top it off with the other slice of bread. It is so tasty. I mean, you're eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, usually, at least I am, with a side of potato chips. So I thought one day, why don't I just try putting the potato chips on my sandwich? It's all going in the same place. So uh, it's I feel really the, tasty. I feel right. you on the creamy peanut butter, but there's no That's way it, not right? I, I don't even... No, I don't even no, think I can eat peanut no. butter and jelly sandwich anymore after that. <laughs> Somebody so, out anyway. there is brave enough to try it. And if you are, let me know what you think. Uh, are there it's flavors? called the Roxy Special. The Roxy are you talking special. about like barbecue flavor or just plain or what? Oh, no, just plain Lay's potato chips. Plain Lay's potato chips. So, okay. okay, so the point of the story is she wants crunchy with her peanut butter, but she won't eat crunchy peanut butter. Okay, got no, it. No, the peanut that butter itself oh, needs to burn. be smooth. And the jelly acts as a barrier between the crunchy gotcha. and the smooth. So. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, okay, great. Right? Uh, <laughs> all right, that's enough Friday Five. Jamie Julian, Ooh. thank you so much. Those were fun. Again, on behalf of the Loyal Littles podcast, we are sorry that we stole your question. Anyway, next week, December 18th, Stacy Yoder, you're up. So just a reminder, we're looking forward to your Friday Five. That's all the time we have this week. If you want to get in touch with us, Roxy, how can they do that? Email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com, leaving loyal littles in the subject. And don't forget, we are on the Twitter now at loyal littles pod. Loyal littles pod is our handle. Please give us a follow over there. And don't forget, if you are listening to us on iTunes or Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe. That is so important for us. We really appreciate that. All right, you two, Chuck, Roxy, say goodbye. Hey, so long. Goodbye. And as always, thanks for listening to the Loyal Littles podcast. When will somebody realize that I'm people and that's not what I want?
you found it I keep looking back cause the past is behind me Everything I win, eventually I lose it But I'm trying to pick up the pieces that I've got left Feel the power within and take a deep breath And I get up so you can knock me down podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco.
Oh, yeah.